0: ready you hear me speak again
1: no huh.
0: it's a little muffled hold on go ahead muffled <clears throat> there, you, there you go
1: might have just been the snot in the back of my throat
0: uh, hold on uh, that's why it's so loud. i was like damn why is he so loud i have the uh volume up a little time go again
1: only if you tell me twice
0: <laughs> i hear you One more time.
1: Jeez, again? Okay. That's better.
0: Gotcha. All right, are we ready? Yes, sir.
1: Uh, Maybe. There we go. All right. Three, two, one. Welcome to another edition of Helping Young Detailers. We have broke into the month of November. Yes, Nick, sir. what we really want to know, I've gotten multiple DMs, I think at least five text messages. Everyone wants to know, what did you wear for Halloween?
0: Um, baby birthday gear.
1: Suit, I don't want to hear it. To
0: hear <laughs> baby gear. So that's what, that's what I wore, you know, just, uh, hang out with the baby. That's it.
1: Did you, uh, you didn't dress up, I'm guessing.
0: No, we did not. no, costume. no, actually, you know, we were having this discussion. We usually have a really busy, uh, Halloween neighborhood and just very low turnout. What about you guys?
1: So did you put the bowl out or not?
0: Uh, no bowl. We had, you know, waiting for people to knock on the door.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I went with the bowl and the note that said, please take one.
0: <laughs> and so one kid went up and dumped the whole thing <laughs> in his bag.
1: <laughs> about two minutes later, I heard, it's already empty. And,
0: yeah. So one kid was like, you know what? I'm going to have all these.
1: <laughs> it so, happens. It happens. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, well, tomorrow, the big day. Big day.
0: What is you tomorrow? Got any,
1: you got any projections? Got any projections For... about tomorrow? What's tomorrow? Well, we find out who the new, new world leader is, I guess.
0: Yeah. Well, um, I don't think it's going to affect my business much. Is he by detailing? Whoever it is. <laughs> uh, That's all I care about.
1: I think sometimes.
0: Yeah. Hey, it's going to go well with our mindset. So folks, no, I'm not playing a joke here. It's just not something I pay attention to very often. Uh, you know, we don't have news channels at my house. You know, we've, we've taken them off years ago. And, uh, you know, again, I know you've talked recently on your podcast about entertainment and watching TV and cutting those things out of your life and years and years and years ago, I just didn't have a place for me any longer. So, uh, you know, I wish, uh, whoever you guys want to win wins and, uh, I'll keep worrying about my business.
1: All right. Well, so was that a politically correct answer to say, you're just not going to even voice an opinion.
0: I don't have it. Look, you, you've talked to me enough times. I really don't have an opinion on this. I, I look, I think a lot of people are putting stock into this, but I don't actually have an opinion on it.
1: I, my opinion is, I don't know.
0: Yeah. Okay. So that'd be I think my it's opinion. so close I no and
1: I hear so much stuff. I literally I have no idea who's going to win No. but I, I think it's going to be don't. a super fun day tomorrow. So if, if you or anybody wants to enjoy the festivities, uh, We'll have plenty to share as multiple detailers hop on and uh, do some hot button drinking during the election. So <laughs> well,
0: That should be fun.
1: Should be a, a fun time. Should be a fun Absolutely. time. Jason from Paint uh, pain assassins will be consuming large amounts of alcohol on a Tuesday night. Why not? Cool. You know, if 50 cent can do it in the club, we can do it in our own home <laughs> watching the election. I hear so, you. Definitely. All right. So anything, uh, Anything happening your way? Anything uh,
0: no hit your radar we, lately? No, we're, we're, uh, we're plugging away, you know, kind of a uh, normal October for us. We're just, we're just finishing up our October, doing the accounting of October. You know, we have some clients that we bill at the end of every month. Um, but, you know, look, it's, it's like we said, things have normalized and that massive influx of cash is kind of out of the system at the moment that we saw in the summertime. And so, uh, our business is sort of normalized and uh, year over year, pretty flat, you know, same, almost identical October numbers as last year.
1: So do you think moving into the fall, uh, moving into the spring winter spring might be a bit far. I know your professionalism yeah. as an e- economist, I, you know, might, <laughs> might not go that far. Let's go fall and winter. Uh,
0: well, I think most of the country struggles in detailing fall and winter anyway.
1: Yeah, pretty uh, easy yeah. one, isn't it? Yeah, that's a pretty
0: easy one. <laughs> so they're going to continue to struggle. As snow falls, they're going to struggle. Uh, no no uh, groundbreaking there, but I don't think we're going to know. The detailing industry in a lot of the country is so seasonal. Uh, you know, I know shops that are busy in the winter, but most shops struggle in the winter. They really slow down in the winter. Some people even have different gigs in the winter if they live in a bad enough area. Uh, so, you know, for me, I, I don't know that we're going to know much in most of the country until spring actually does hit. And I think we'll have to reassess then, uh, because the vast majority of the country just really slows during the wintertime. And, and look, I've told people on this podcast before, be careful how you conduct yourself around your consumers during the holiday season. You know, these people that I see being pushy now about, oh, well, we do this in the holidays. Just remember there, there's a lot of that be- that becomes unprofessional looking to the consumer. And so we have traditionally really enjoyed the holiday season as a business. We've let our customers enjoy it and we don't, you know, that's where we fall. So I don't know how much we're going to know, Marty, until things kind of open back up in the new year.
1: So speaking of customers, uh, it's sort of uh, sort of what we wanted to talk about today, moving into the first of uh, of our next three-part series, right? So last time we did sort of a, the opener, uh, kind of yep. discuss what we're going to discuss. And uh, today we want to jump into the mindset of having a customer-centric business. Now, what in the world does that mean, a customer-centric business? That sounds like a pretty big term. <laughs> and uh, since we clean cars, we might not exactly understand that all the way, but basically what we're meaning is, just your mindset, building your company around customers. Now that doesn't seem too hard, right? Nick, it doesn't seem like it's too big of a a challenge. I think when McDonald's introduces their uh, food, they generally have their customers in mind. Now, it doesn't mean that McDonald's doesn't think about profits and think about their own business, uh, but they generally are going to put, put products out. They're going to put out their, uh, their best foot forward to go with the customers but let's not even think uh let's not think food let's let's think service-based right because a service-based company should just by general definition of a service-based business they should automatically be thinking customer-centric first customer first customer first what are some uh what are we gonna say? Are some uh, some of those service-based businesses styles right? It would be a plumber.
0: Yeah, plumber, plumber would be I mean, a service-based. You know, yeah, business. plumber, ACI, guy, HVAC, uh, anything in, in your local market that's solving a consumer's issue, usually having to do with their home, their car. Uh, you could even go to uh, you know look at the the, the business that's popped around uh, massage now, where you can have memberships. Uh, oh, to yeah. massage to massage envy uh, and those types of places. I think all of these things are all encompassing uh, service. and so those would be some of the industries and different professions to look at and say, you know those are those are in your community serving your community and they are one hundred percent a service based business.
1: so thinking uh, I think the massage is a good one way to think uh, I think we could probably i I've been in a couple of different massages here and there. I don't really pay attention too much to yeah. massage marketing, but generally if I see, if I think of massages, I might see some stuff built around you know, maybe what they use with a, you know, Hey, we're going to use this gentle, soft cleanser to do something, 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 you know, or yep. Hey, we're going to use these stones to do that. You know, there are some, or, types
0: yeah. Of- or, or we, or we offer a deep tissue or, or we offer injury prevention or pain relief or whatever it is that, that they know their consumer is going to be uh, driven by. They, they work from the consumer backwards. Uh, You know, and again, I think that's the thing that we want to talk about today is the mindset of a detailer building his business far too often isn't worked from the consumer backwards. Well, what is it? It's just
1: not. What is it that we normally do then? All right. So we first got to lay out what are we seeing and why do we think that uh, detailers have been doing it a certain way, right? If you're saying that we should be one way instead, of well, what's the other? What, What do you think mostly detailers have been?
0: Well, I think, you know, you've talked about this with so many people. It it should be obvious once we say it, that people are like, oh yeah, I've heard this before, but it's really, we see people taking a lot of photos with their polisher, a lot of photos with their compound, a lot of photos with their wheel cleaner, a lot of photos with their, uh, you know, coating, uh, all of those different things. And I'm not sure even when you read the post on their social media, who they are trying to get to buy. Are they selling another detailer to use XYZ coding? Are they trying to sell detailing in their local market? Well, if you have to ask that question, the answer is they're not selling very well. And so what we see in the detailing world is detailers are consumed with talking and discussing and selling other detailers who aren't their customers. And and, and I think that's where the jump off point of the mindset is today. You know, the mindset is, how how much can I impress the detailer down the street who doesn't buy a single product or service from me? And where does that start? Where does that come from? And how do we flip that mindset for the young guys or the people new in this business, I should say, so they can actually find success?
1: Yeah, so speaking of a post and speaking of uh, what we see, I mean, like I said, I mean, it would be interesting to go to like a massage envy or go to some massage uh, Instagram and see what percentage of it is now that's going to be definitely a different i mean most massage places are going to have a little bit of things to buy here and there which they could you know hey take this home type of of deal which is nothing wrong for a detailer to do if if you got some product that you want to sell but are you going to sell your customer a polisher right i mean are you going to sell him a actual bottle of coating probably not you know so that's Let's, you know, let's get into
0: some, let's hold on, (laughs) but that's like a plumber. The plumber doesn't sell you the snake. They come to snake your drain. There you go. Okay. So on their Instagram, they're not going to say, Oh, I got X, Y, Z snake. Isn't this great? They're going to say, Hey, when we bring, when we come out, we can clean your drain. We can, you know, so that's what people need to understand. The massage thing was probably a little bit tough to get across to polisher and this and that, but there's a lot of equipment that's used by a plumber you're not going to go to a massive plumbing company's website and they're going to sit there and every post on their Instagram is going to be talking about some chemical or some product or, 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 or or tool that they use. They're going to explain how they're going to fix your problem.
1: Yeah. So why do you think, uh, and I'll, I'll go first, but why do you think detailers over the past have been uh, so more detailer centric, to you know, to to put posts like that, to to be that way, all right. Uh, for me, I think it it's because it's it's easy. We see others do it, monkey see, monkey do, and uh, it gives us confidence, right? If another detailer would you know comment and tell how great we did, well, it kind of boosts our our you know inner drive a little bit more? You know we we get some traction. It's it's super fun, and there's there's nothing wrong with having good community in a sense uh, with other detailers. But how much of it is derived off of just a feeling of insecurity over over what they're really doing? Uh, as we've heard, it not everybody's too excited about being a detailer. Some have even been embarrassed to be detailers, and so. Maybe yep. sometimes detailers will put out uh, photos the way they do it, so that they can get some confidence. Maybe there is a little bit yep. of insecurity in their in their in their world. Uh, now that could be yeah. in their business world, can be in their you know personal world. We all have a lot of insecurities that uh, yep. that we deal with, and so some of it could be be that. I I think uh I think as detailers started to get. Uh, remember the really cool 50-50s were big on not oh, necessarily yeah. just paint, right? There was, for a while, it was 50 wheels. leather and wheels. Uh, and leather, or, and wheels leather and... you know, it was always fun. Now, yeah. th- those are good for, de- you know, for, for customers to see. But generally, when detailers would use them, the, the copy, the written part, and, and what they would describe about it generally had to do with, you know, something that maybe would get attention so that they could then get a little bit more boosted confidence i you know yeah. there could be all different theories it could be all different reasons yeah. <clears throat> just in my mind i think you know what i bet you there's some of that that creeps into detailers and so it's- i don't think
0: i don't think i don't think some i think i think a lot of guys get in this business and they want to fit in and they want to feel a part of something also known as a cult uh when you you know just absolutely want to believe everything everybody else believes, but that that's what you see in this industry. You know, look at the obsession over paint correction and not talking about a single other thing in the, in the industry. Right. I mean, you see detailers all the time, paint correction, paint correction, paint correction. Statistically, that's a loser to only be focused on that because the vast majority of your customers are not going to purchase that. So you can't scale only paint correction, right? You got to offer protective services, you got to offer interior services, you got to offer maybe wheel coatings, you got to offer a lot of things to build a complete business, right? The problem is, is that other guys, and I agree with you 100%, other guys watch other guys and they go, well, this is on his page and he's got a big shop, so he's gotta be successful. And so they think that's what led to their success, not knowing that guy's been in business 10 years, Instagram was not the biggest part of him growing his first six years because it really wasn't that big of an influence at the time. And so they, they connect a bunch of dots that they know nothing about. And what ends up happening, and far too many people don't want to hear this, is that people assume things through Instagram, through Facebook, through social media. And so what happens is they start to assume, then they start to copy. So they never actually thought for themselves. They never ever actually looked at the customer in their area. Because mind you, the customers in Las Vegas are not the customers in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where you're at. Right? They're not the same customers in Los Angeles that they are in Seattle. Okay. What if you are in Alberta, Canada, uh, which I know some detailers up there, and they got heavy truck population? Well, I detail trucks, but that's not what I exclusively do. But you could have an entire business around trucks in that area. Okay. At the end of the day, what if you live in a, in a heavy RV area where snowbirds come in and out? I don't really, you know, we have some RVs here, but I don't do many RVs. So this is the problem with worrying about the other detailer on Instagram and not starting from the customer backwards in your area and saying, okay, what serves this customer base in my area the best? Because I guarantee you, it's not going to be something you saw on Instagram. And so your thing was an affirmation that people want to feel like they're being uh, reinforced, Here's my, my reason, every industry has industry leaders. The detailing industry, the biggest company in our industry is Meguiar's. From a financial perspective, they're the biggest company that's ever been built in detailing, okay? Then you have big tool companies. Uh, then you have tool companies that are owned by even bigger companies all that are worldwide. Then you have pad companies and chemical companies and and coating companies and all these other companies. They can't actually speak to the consumer. So they talk to the detailer and they make the detailer believe, you know what the most important thing is? The products you use. And so guess what the detailer gets reaffirmed in their brain? Oh, well, this wheel cleaner is the most important decision I'm going to make. That's what Johnny over at such and such chemical company told me. Or, hey, everyone's wow, look, using this it changes this colors. Yeah, oh, wow. You're right? So here's the funny thing. I actually think whoever's the industry leader, meaning whoever's made the most money in your industry, they really drive the narrative. And so when you look at chemical companies being fiscally the biggest companies in our industry, they don't sell to the consumer. They don't sell to the detailer's consumer, right? Like, they don't, if somebody's a DIYer, they don't usually hire a detailer right? So even if the chemical company does sell to a customer, they they take a customer away from a detailer. So what happens is we never actually communicate with the detailer's customer. And so that's never been shown to the detailer. And so most detailers just go out there and say, wow, I'm using this tool. Wow, I'm using this pad. Wow, I'm using this compound. Okay. How's that talking to your customer? That's talking to someone else in the industry that's making money off of you, which is a good relationship but there is no trade there, right? You're just giving free publicity to somebody and never asking, okay, did this tool you know, get my customer to buy? The answer is no. And so how do we get the mindset of, let's talk to the customer. Let's stop talking to one another on, on our Instagram. It's great to have those relationships behind the scenes, but you shouldn't really be out there talking product nonstop because what does it get you? No, customers don't even understand what you're talking about. they don't understand the wheel cleaner. What, what do they give a rip? They just want their wheel clean. They don't care how it gets clean in most cases.
1: And for the most part, I mean, Nick, have you had customers come up and ask you? I've never had it. I've never had
0: it. Never in my life. Never once have I had anybody ask me for a specific product, specific tool, specific, anything. Now, those people that tell me they've had that happen, I find they're often the weakest salespeople.
1: Damn, I was gonna say I have. Fuck, Nick. Okay, That's brutal. But
0: here, but hold on. <laughs> and here's one of the things you tell me about yourself. You're like, hey, man, I think that one of the areas I need to improve on is what. One okay, of the things. The whole, yeah, hold on. And hold, one of yeah, the yeah, things yeah. I need to to improve yeah. on is different than yours. And so, what I try to tell people is. When I talk to a customer, I give them utmost confidence that I'm picking the right things for them. Okay, That's something I've developed over the years. So when I speak to them, they know I wouldn't, I wouldn't take a cheap product. I wouldn't put something on their car that wouldn't work. I give them that confidence. What I find that most people struggle with, and again, it doesn't mean it's 100% what most people, when they have people asking these like searching questions, like what do you use and what are you doing? And, you know, could you use this product on my car? Those are oftentimes the people that don't come across as confidently as they need to. And maybe they just don't have the experience. And that's why, which is a, which is a good reason that you, you're just kind of timid, but if you walk up and you shake somebody's hand and they feel like, you know what you're talking about, I just don't think that comes up
1: fair enough uh and would completely understand and completely agree with you on that the 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 story was a guy named Brian Forbes who I've been detailing his car for a while but he was so stuck on Zeno brothers that oh yeah he you had, me about that he just had to have his car you know done in Zeno brothers and I you know it just i finally was like fuck it man whatever just give me your shit Yeah, but in the
0: in in the in the thousands of cars you you've put your hands on that's what i was gonna say i
1: got one car you know (laughs) i
0: I think that was more of an outlier um which again people should understand that's happens okay you can get an outlying situation but what we find is the people that tell us the story oh why had somebody call for this specific ceramic coating did you did you explain to them another ceramic coating Well, no. Okay, so now I find that they were searching and asking you, okay, well, you didn't explain ceramic coating very well. Can you tell me what company to look up? You see what I'm saying? What you find is the guys that tell you this story, when you start to do a little digging, it's like, well, yeah, you didn't explain what you were doing. And so the customer was searching for whatever answer they didn't feel like they got. And so that's where the sales process matters. And again, that's where I come from is... We are doing all of these things, promoting all of these brands, which is a really nice thing for people to do. If you really like what somebody's offering you, Marty, your YWAX product works great. I want to say thank you. And you want to do a post like that. And on the post, you want to explain to the customer why YWAX is a good choice for them. There's zero wrong with that. But we never see the detail past the showing the product. It's it's perfectly okay to show the product if you're going to explain to a potential customer, why this is a great product for them. Very rarely we see that post. I mean, you just don't see it.
1: So it's not so much the post it's more in the copy and the mindset of thinking about the customer. Right. So we go back to the theory that if we're going to make right, a lot of the stuff that we should put out as companies should then be targeted for a reason. So if we're going to have the mindset of a customer, then I think if we boil down what you're saying, it's not so much whether or not you put out something that you know of a brand that you use because if, yeah. if I'm scrolling through somebody and i I'm scrolling to a plumber and he talks about using a certain wrench, I'm not gonna go, oh, that's fucking boat like, no, but it's the over presence, right? Let's, for instance, there was a post today that you and I saw. Yeah. Overly emphasizing the product that was being used and what, how they were applying it, and, 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 and nothing but how great that that company was. And that product was so cool to see it foaming spray. Did nothing to educate their customer on why they chose it. The detailer did nothing to do on what it was going to do for that customer's rim had nothing to do with the customer had everything to do with the, the product and the product. So I have a question.
0: If you're a customer and you see that because you asked me this question when, when we were talking about it, aren't you thinking to yourself, well, this doesn't really tell me anything. This guy must be sponsored or getting paid by this company. That's what the customer's thinking though. I know you and I are thinking that because we're customers of other things, but this is where detailers miss. It's great that you highlighted that product, but when all you do is highlight the product, the consumer's thinking, this guy's on the take for this product, right? Your potential customer's thinking, why the hell is this on his page other than he's getting paid by this company? So now I don't know whether to listen to this guy, but if you show the product, and you go on to say why you chose the product, and this is what it does for your wheels, and this is why we use this process. And this is now all of a sudden the customer has context, and that's the that's the key word here. There's no context to showing your polisher with a pad on it. What the hell's the context of it? To a customer, to a detailer, it makes sense. It's like, oh wow, look, he's using XYZ polisher, he's using XYZ pad. We know the game, though. We know the players in the game. You have somebody that doesn't know any of those things, and they're just standing there watching people run around. It doesn't make sense to them. You have to give context. And so this is the strange thing about the mindset of the detailing industry right now. Everybody tells you all their secrets to polishing and all why they're so great. They never tell their customer that. They're telling me and you. It's like, dude, I'm never going to buy anything from you. Why the hell are you worried about me? This is where we get into you know, we're going to talk about mindset of training and mindset of other things, but explain to me who you're trying to sell. Everybody's in business to make money at every level. Doesn't matter what anybody tells you, passion. At the end of the day, if you can't pay your bills, you can't be in business. So if we're all in it for money, explain to me how you make more money by making those posts. And when you work backwards from there and you work backwards from the customer, these posts really don't make any sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, taking certain ones where you're showing work, showing what you've done, talking about it, right? Let's go again. And there could be some people that come out and say, blah, blah, blah. Like, listen, of course, hop on. Let's have a discussion. If you, if you want to have Absolutely. a question about what it is that you're posting and how, if we think that, you know, it would benefit or not benefit. Some people would look and say, hey, well, Marty, you've got people that, post stuff about your products. You bet. And I hope they tell and discuss to the customer why they're using it. Maybe there's a social benefit to using a product over another. If one reduces plastic, that might be a good reason to talk about it. Now, what we encourage though too, which is something like you had said, hey, are they getting paid? Right. One thing that we've said over and over is, hey, if you are going to do that, at least hopefully there's a program so that you're thinking also about your own business and maybe you're going to make some money just in case somebody does buy something off of that. So that's sure. for a completely different series for a completely different thought, but yeah. just so there's no hypocritical thinking. Yeah. We always think that you should think customer, but let's say if you're doing something like that, Hey, could you make some money on it? All right. Different series, different talk, but Nick, so did you always think customer first? Has that always been your theory or was there a time as you started going into business that it changed for you It, it changed to where you you started thinking more about the customer
0: yeah so you know for people that don't know i got my start like everybody working in a high production situation i then because i had a skill for it transitioned to show cars and we're talking 100 150 hour 200 hour details okay that is not a scalable business on any level because no. that is completely talent related. It's very hard to build systems that everybody can understand. And by the way, there's just not as many show cars as there needs, you know, to sustain that. The next part is it can't be dumbed down either because the cost is so great that the average person doesn't want to buy even the dumbed down version. Okay. So here's what happened. As I started to ask myself, I want to be in detailing, I want to make money, I want to scale my business. I started to have to ask myself, what do what is the high-end or what I can cons- what I consider the car conscious consumer want? Like, where are their needs? Here's what I found. Maintenance in this area was far wasn't really served at all. Wasn't served at all. I mean, still not served in Las Vegas because people misconstrue car wash and maintenance big difference okay We're can have a separate argument about that I would love for people to come on and tell me why that's car washing. I'd love to discuss what real maintenance looks like but you know this is where we get into when you start asking real questions of yourself and how you're going to put your mindset into play and how to build your business out if it's I, I only I'm only gonna do correction hey no problem then be prepared for it to be you, maybe one other guy and you banging it out for the rest of your life. No, Nothing wrong with that. But if you actually want to build a business that impacts a lot of consumers, guess what you're going to have to do? You're going to have to look at protection packages. You're going to have to look at maintenance packages. You're going to have to look at light correction packages. You're going to have to look at things in a much different light from a complete car care situation and not from this little tiny box where everybody tells you, paint correction or bust. Do you sand cars? No. Well, you're not a detailer. Well, I can tell you this. I was sanding cars before most of these dudes ever even picked up a polisher. It doesn't make you a detailer. Just doesn't. I know that's the new fad. FYI, most of them aren't good at it. And at the end of the day, it's okay. But if you want to advance and build a company, because Marty, this is what we're talking about. People misconstrue this in the DMs all the time. I'm not talking about a guy that wants to hold the polisher the rest of his life. It's great. If you want to do that, it's great. If that's your talent, have at it. If you want to build a company, then most people are way off base in this industry because a company is going to look vastly different than just standing there and everybody in your shop holding a polisher. Because guess what? That's not the facts. Just not the facts.
1: So what made you, what made you flip? what made you switch? Well,
0: because I I couldn't scale it. When I started to look at the consumer and I started talking to customers, they were never going to pay what it costs to have extreme detailing done to their car. Okay. But they wanted their car detailed. They just wanted something different than I was giving at the time. And so now the question became for me, okay, I got 15 people that want some semblance of me to do something different than it's in the marketplace. (laughs) I'm going to do it. Once I realized they were going to pay me and I could make money and I could scale it and I could teach other people and I could bring on team members, it's a no-brainer. But it isn't a no-brainer if your mind is closed to what the customer really wants. And at the end of the day, I always ask you the same question. I would like any detailer, young guy out there that wants to build a company, go walk a parking lot a really busy parking lot how many of those cars are detailed marty zero so uh oh i just picked an industry where i can walk into a target or walmart parking lot or a nordstrom parking lot and i see cars in nothing but bad shape so i already have an uphill battle i want to start at paint correction that's a tough sell they don't they got crumbs all over their back seat they got You see what I'm saying? So once I started talking to even wealthy customers, I realized, hey, you know, nobody's maintaining their vehicles. We actually schedule service of vehicles now. We actually uh, do paint correction. We do PPF installation. We do tint installation. But here's the deal, man. It all started from the customer saying to me, I'm not going to buy what you're selling. I'm not going to buy a hundred hour detail. It's not what I'm in for. I'm not going to buy a 50 hour detail not going to pay for it. Okay. Now what about a 20 hour detail? No, I'm not going to pay for that. And the customer just kept telling me now I still had my customers that were willing to buy those extreme, but I wasn't able to scale that. See what I'm saying? So many guys are buying into a system that's never going to allow them to move beyond a polisher. And so until I got customer oriented and started talking to the customer, I never found out because I was isolated in this one small niche. For a long time. And then when I got tired of it, what was I going to do? So, how many people have these things flashing red in their face and never make the adjustment? I'd say a lot of people. We see a lot of people just go down with the Titanic. Instead of hopping in the lifeboat and swimming off and being healthy, they just drown because they just want to be right. They do. Oh, well, you know, if they don't want to buy 15 hour paint correction, then, you know, they're the idiot. Well, their shop is closing. I I, I want to be successful. And so is it so wrong to say that? Is it so wrong to say make the adjustment? It's a mindset. I wanted to be in business. I didn't want to be out of business. And this is the crazy conversations we have to have because we watch guys. Look, we're watching guys right now, Marty, that you and I know, personally know, are not going to have a shop in the next 12 to 24 months. We just know it because they're going down with the ship. We know a guy that sands and buffs every car he touches. He's already losing his shop. We're not even in the middle of a recession. We're just at the tip of an iceberg. And so the mindset for me had to change of, okay, man, I can't put everything on the customer. I got to listen to them. And I got to start building solutions for that person for that type of person and hopefully there's a thousand of those people and then when there's a thousand of those people all of a sudden my my business is pretty damn successful and so that's the mindset of guys just don't want to change guys don't want to adapt and I think the word adapt is probably what what would be the best way to describe what I did I just had to adapt I I learned a really great skill but it wasn't a skill that was rep was was able to repeat with, with staff, with team members, I just couldn't do it. And so, and the consumer wasn't going to buy in large numbers.
1: All right. That's cool. I would think for me, uh, mine, mine came in twofold in a sense. Mine came uh, probably similar to a lot of detailers where, you know, we'll hear, hey, I'm struggling on social media or, hey, I'm struggling on uh, Instagram or, hey, I've put out all these posts and I, I'm not really getting anybody calling or, hey, I, I made this website and, you know, but I'm not getting anybody to, to fill out the, how do I get customers? All right, so that that thought for me was what really plagued me early on you know, I'd listen to some people, we built a website, uh, I'd gone out and handed out cards, you know, cause you always had to get business cards, you know, go we'll hand out cards. And back then it was go stick these uh, brochures in parking lots. Right. I mean, that's yep. did that nonstop, but still like, then I'm just putting stuff out. I'm not really, I mean, I'm still waiting on, you know, I, I had a struggle with just waiting. Yeah. So, Guerrilla
0: marketing is tough.
1: It, you know? It's got its, it's got its moments and it's got its, oh, reason, yeah. you know, and it, it, it eventually if you get done the right way, you know, there are, but I, I just, I didn't didn't know what else to do, but then to, well, how do I just go f- find the customers where they're at instead of yeah. trying to, to go send out marketing pieces? And so I talked to this guy named Tony and I, I've mentioned this story before. Uh, he was a manager over at a place called Ultimate Electronics. So I went and bought a little pop-up tent put a little banner out front and I was washing cars for 15 bucks, 25 bucks, 35, 40. You know, if, if I could get them up to that wash and wax, if I could get them up, spend a little bit more money, it'd be great. But my thought was, Hey, you know, customer will need convenience in order for me to really make sure to get their car done. I'm not going to have a lot of time. So I'm going to have to hit certain targets, hitting certain packages that I want to, sell them. And Hey, I, I went in and for, you know, a couple hours at first, four or five hours later, you know, then I was doing it every weekend. and we eventually got some traction. The next thought was when I eventually reached down to, to wash a lower part of a, a vehicle and I just went, Oh, you know, <laughs> I don't know if I'll necessarily be able to continue this the rest of my life. I'm really enjoying it. How do I get to do more of what I'm doing? but not necessarily have to do it manually. Yep. How can I wash more cars? Well, Nick, shh, it's that word that detailers don't like. Opened a car wash, sure. right? I thought, how do I get it producing for the customer in a more efficient way? Get them in and out, get a nice, good, clean car. And if I can churn volume, cool, it's good for my business. But it really meant to me, taking care of the customer on a volume pace level. If I'd already started doing it manually, how do I turn the cleaning into more of an automatic setting so that my customer's happier because I'm getting it done faster? So I kind of went about it a different way, but was always thinking, I think in my mind, how do I don't even go meet customers where they're at, get them to you know spend money with me, but think about their need and their convenience quality always had to be a good deal, but thinking about where they're at and then meeting their needs seemed to be just sort of the way I like to have built uh, 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 my business and thinking customer centric.
0: Yeah. And, and I think here's the thing. That's why I went mobile. I had a chance to open a shop. Uh, I didn't, I didn't understand. And when I started talking to my really elite customers, they were like, you know, I I just kind of hate having to drop my car off or having my assistant to drop my car off, or I hate being without my car. And so again, if I wasn't customer centric and I was selfish, there's nothing easier than detailing a car in a shop because it's a central location. You got unlimited water. You get, I mean, you can just do whatever, you know, if, if a mistake happens, the customer doesn't see it, it's less pressure. You know what I mean? Like I'm not banging on the shop model. It's, it's a great model, but it is easier to detail a car in a controlled shop than it is to do so in front of the customer's home or in front of their business or whatever. And so it was, if, if I was being selfish, I would have opened that shop and said, well, hey, you guys got to follow me. But if the customer, and this actually happened, my elite customers were like, hey man, you know I have a really nice garage. You're more than welcome to work here. If I need something done, you can do it here. You know, Give it some thought those kind of things. If I just blow that off, what happens to those customers? I don't know. It, it's not, lo- it's not, it's not some yeah. kind of lock that they're going to follow me to my shop. So I just chose their convenience. And so I have a pretty similar thought as you is that if I'm thinking from the customer backwards, Hey, mobile detailers, you're in the driver's seat on that. And I see so many mobile detailers that don't know how to sell mobile detailing And boy, oh boy, they leave that word convenience out quite a bit. Maybe a little too much on the products and a little too little on talking how convenient your business is for the consumer.
1: All right. So if we're thinking, all right, let's give some practical advice now. We are thinking uh, to detailers and we're talking to them about this theory of thinking mindset of customer first, okay? Okay. So if we're going to put out information about our business, all right, thinking for you, what you put out as a mobile detailing company, Vegas Rides, and to other detailers that are out uh, trying to market and hustle up uh, and get customers coming in to spend money with them, right? Yep. One of the interesting things, which uh, would I think a fun thing to toss back and forth, would be if you're gonna put out information, how should we think about the way the customer sees a car?
0: Okay, Um, how is this information going to benefit a car owner? Okay. Now, everybody's mind just went to, well, they want their car to look the best, they gotta get paint correction. Okay, That's that's one thing you should start to explain to your customer. How does paint correction make their car experience better? Okay. What about the place you ride around in? How do you clean interiors better than everyone else? What kind of packages can people buy from you or or services people can purchase from you so they can ride around in a perfectly detailed vehicle, right? And the list goes on. But you have to explain these things. It's like a kid with a bottle, right? You have a baby. You have to hold the bottle. Then you have to put the baby's hands on the bottle. Then you got to explain slowly to the baby how to hold and feed themselves. Right?
1: You sound you like to you get all- a lot of practice on there, this lately.
0: <laughs> but anyway, I've used this before uh, before I had to But the the fact of the matter is, you need to think of your content like you're teaching a baby something, because your customer doesn't know all of these things. Walk them through what you're talking about. Hey. <laughs> You know, look, one of the things I have to explain to customers all the time is why you should have the barrel of your rim always detailed, okay? Especially when you buy a $100,000 Range Rover, Mercedes, or European vehicles that are really heavy on brake dust. The problem is it starts to degrade the look of your vehicle. And so even when you go get your car detailed, it's not going to look detailed because it has got burnt on brake dust. Talk about that in a post. Explain to them why you go through so much work to clean the wheel. They don't know. This isn't what they do for a living. They're an accountant. They're a lawyer. They're an architect. They're a realtor. They don't clean cars for a living. So they don't know. So everything should be seen through the lens of, let me explain to you what's happening. And I'll give you an example. I don't think Instagram was giving us a return, okay, as a company. So, I went away from it. It wasn't working for what we were trying to do. I went to other online outlets and told the story there, and we saw immediate return. So, I didn't sit there and bang my head on a, on a wall for something that wasn't going to work for the customer. We were getting a response, but I wasn't getting a response from the people I want to do business with. And so, I changed the way I did a post, I changed the way I worded things, I changed the video, I changed. It still didn't work because I don't think the Instagram crowd was really going to be the crowd I wanted to do business with, but I could find other outlets to help me. And so the other thing is, where are you telling your story? If Instagram is mostly 18 to 35 year olds, that's who you're going to do business with. Does that work for your detailing business? Because 55 year olds have more money. So which way do you want to go? It's not one that's right and it's not one that's wrong, but tell the story of why you do stuff. It sounds simple, Marty, but who does it? This is what we talk about mindset. The mindset of, if I'm actually out there talking about my business, I need to explain to people what I'm doing, why I'm doing it and how it makes their life better. Apple does it every day. If you buy this new iphone it's got a better camera it's got this it's got a better processor it's got a better <laughs> this it's got a better screen it's got they're worth a zillion dollars and they still tell you all of the upgrades they've made on the new phone because they're trying to tell you a story they're not selling they're not telling qualcomm or or nokia or whoever or or google hey look man look at all these cool features they're telling you the guy that's going to buy from them and so that's the mindset change I'd like, I would present to anybody. Tell a story. And I know what people say is like, they want to tell some fancy story. I'm not saying fancy. Why do you clean the wheel the way you do? Hey, you found this leather in bad shape. What'd you do and why'd you do it? Why is it important? How did it help this customer? Tell the story, but tell the simplistic story. Everybody that hears tell the story, they think it's some, some big project tell the simplistic story of why you're doing things.
1: And I'm going to go with, you know, when I think of how do customers see their vehicles and how should I then make uh, marketing and growing a customer base uh, thinking and, you know, customer first. Well, I think customers just like a, a lot of good gloss. So when I've put out uh, information and put out stuff, I actually, it, Used to have detailers that would make fun of you know when we were trying to sell you know for a, a while we would sell protection services here locally and would run you know ads run descriptions and talk about uh, what we were doing to the paint so I use the word glossy a lot right it's not a a professional term by any means sure it's just a very generic oh man look at the gloss coming off of this paint whoo that is glossy easy to understand easy to understand well. And it's because that's what you hear a lot of customers talk about, right? Yeah. You know, if, if, if you're, if you've got a nice looking paint, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, my Jeep's not amazing, but it's a nice Jeep. And you know, if you got a black Jeep polished up and it's cloudy out, what do people say? Wow. I sure is glossy. I can almost see myself in the reflection, right? You hear stuff <laughs> like that. Oh, so. Yeah. So when I think customer centric and I think marketing for a detailer, I think using words and using things that they would say. So I would, a lot of times if I'm going to sell, right. Sell a service on what I had just done to help market towards a prospective customer or another customer to get them to buy what I'm trying to do. I might use words that they would say and describe the vehicle similar to the way they would describe it. Okay. Uh, Now, certainly that's not in every post you want to sound like I just sounded yeah. some hick out of Oklahoma talking about how glossy their paint looks Baga, Sure. looks amazing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But the times that you can't interject, it's called mirroring. It's part of sales. It's part of that uh, going back and forth with a prospect or with a customer. The more you can speak their language, yeah. the better off you will be. Now, yes, I get it that the, Uh, dimensions that are on the polisher and the amount of rotations or, you know, how, what type of pad you use and how amazing you think that company is, right? Those are all good things, but how can you use and speak the language to the customer, customer centric? How do they see their vehicle? I think they see it as glossy or dirty, right? Hey, this car dirty. Now it's glossy look better than it did before the day I bought it right? Some of that stuff, right? So if you're going to do a marketing point, how about that? Why don't you make a post on, Hey, here's how we can get your car looking better than the day you first bought it. And then tell that story of what you did. Hey, here's a customer that said, Hey, really want that glossy paint. So here's what we did to give him what he wanted. That's customer centric. That's having a mindset towards your customer and not towards other detailers. Wow, Nick, that's a lot of information. And that's some really great information for detailers that are young and old, getting into the game or been in it a while. Having a mindset of a customer-based business doesn't sound too big, right? Doesn't sound too far-fetched. Sounds like what every business should do. However, over the years, we as an industry have been a little different ways Thanks for your time and explaining why you think. Thank you for your time and helping detailers understand how to think customer focused. Uh, Nick, where do people find you on social?
0: Yeah, Vegas.Rides. You know, we get a lot of feedback and, you know, again, I'll say it every week. We really appreciate it. Folks, we ask a lot of people to come on. At the end of the day, a lot of people don't want to put their face and their, their voice to some of the information. Okay. And I I say this, a a gentleman contacted me. So I want to say this. A lot of people don't want to go on the record. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't want to do what we're doing. They just don't. If you're one of those people that want to come on here and have a real discussion, you have a real question. Don't be embarrassed. It's really cool to share something you're going through and, and get solutions and bounce things off. We had Pablo on, we've had other guys on, this is, this is what it is, man. This is a part of, of really changing things in our industry. So for any of you out there and look, we ask a lot of people, uh, they just don't have the guts just yet, uh, to, to kind of get out there. And I understand that, but I, but I swear, you know, there's a lot of good that comes from episodes like Pablo's and a lot of guys get a lot of life-changing information. So if you got something to share, We encourage you to do it, but I appreciate everybody that contacts us behind the scenes.
1: Definitely, definitely. Nick, thanks as always for your time. Uh, If you'd like to reach us, you can find us on Instagram uh, or TikTok at Detail Supply App, or shoot me a text, 918-800-1188. Hope to see everybody on the community Zoom pub Wednesdays at 730 Central. Uh, Who knows, every once in a while, Nick gets a wild hair. Yeah. Grabs himself a beer and hops in for a little bit. And yeah. uh we hear a lot that of little people baby in that. crying every once in a while and he's got to hop back out. But yeah.
0: yeah, a lot of good people in that man. That's a really cool thing you guys are doing.
1: It is fun. It's you know, like I said, I, I use that illustration because listen, you don't have to stay on the whole time. Hop in, grab a beer, hop back out, and uh enjoy what you can. So Nick, thanks as always for your time, man. Hope you have a great week.
0: All right, brother. Talk to you.
1: See you, man.